Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. My name is Andrew Harris. I'm joined, as always, although not in person, with Mr. Andrew Decker. How are you, sir? I'm good, Mr. Harris. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, you know, we were kind of, um, we, we are not in the same office, so we were kind of messing around with some audio settings. So I hope, uh, I hope it's, uh, you know, going to be a smooth recording for our listeners today. Uh, me too. We'll me too. And yeah. D- did you know we're living in Houston right now? Excuse me? It's hot. It's hot. It's muggy. Oh. <laughs> I mean, like it's literally hazy and gross outside. I don't know how they yeah. do it day to day. Yeah, and actually my parents are in town and, um, you know, they feel like really comfortable. They're like, what do you mean? Gee, it's humid here. Um, <laughs> so because uh, that's where they live in Houston. So, um, you know, they're God getting bless a, them. God, I know, bless right? <laughs> they're getting a little <laughs> well, bit bless your heart. from from swimming, <laughs> um, you know, to their car every day through the mugginess. But um, but yeah, great to have them here for a little bit of a visit and great to be, uh, you know, be heard on our on our podcast um so tell me what uh what's going on well you know there's something what? worse there's something worse than living in houston <laughs> there is <laughs> there we is have, we have living... quite a bit of listeners and guests on this show from houston sir we don't want to offend anybody i'm not but i'm saying there's something worse than that okay all right well what's worse you know i lived in houston it's, it's a, a very nice town to live in um, it is very. I've cute. been to Houston a few times, but this is the segue for the show. Okay, it's so worse than living in Houston is living with sex offender registration status. Oh my God, well, just worse than living anywhere. I think would be <laughs> would be that um, right. But yes, indeed, it would be. Worse and my to apologies be on. to any of our any of our listeners who live in or around the Houston area. Oh my we gosh! Mean, what we, about... we, we we truly mean no offense. <laughs> What about those people that are that do live, you know, in Houston and are on the registration list? Oy vey. Oy vey, yeah. That's yeah. something. So, okay. So, um, you know, we are we are known for our segues. Right. <laughs> that that one's got to rank up there uh, with some it's, of the it, best and or worst. Yeah. So we're talking sex offender registration. You recently just had to do a bunch of uh, research uh, on on this topic, um, and so yeah, ba- basically, I went through. Uh, I had a client who is most likely going to be taking a probation um, uh, on a on a registrable offense, and so he wanted to to know, right? I mean, he's a paying client. He wanted to know what that's going to mean. I said, "Come in the office. Let's sit down and talk about it." And so I got out uh, a few things. One, I got out the Code of Criminal Procedure, Chapter 62, Sex Offender Registration Program. One piece. The other piece is I got out some of the handy-dandy tools and resources we get through TCDLA on a regular basis. And if you're going to do sex offender work, I highly recommend each year in Dallas, uh, first weekend of December-ish, first week of December-ish, there is a course on defending those accused of uh, sex offenses. Um, I've been to it. I'll probably go to it again. It's been several years since I've been. Uh, But I got out some of those handy-dandy workbooks as well. 
to make sure I just kind of knew what was coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, you know, can't, can't speak enough about TCDLA and getting you the right education for, you know, for what we do uh, on a daily basis. Um, And then, yeah, you're right. Also those publications um, um, also available on the TCDLA store online. Um, You know, we, we are not officially sponsored by TCDLA. We are both members. We're both going to Rusty this year um, and would highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah it's, a, it, it's a, pl- it's a plug for a program that, that has benefited yes. me in, in, in my work and benefited you in your work. It's not that, that we're, uh, endorsing, you know, well, I am endorsing yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. We're not endorsed by them. Right. Right. Um, right, right, right. Not that but that it's part of where Anyways, great, great information. Right. So, uh, let's go from there. Like, what are we talking about? Okay, so so my client was is charged with one of the lifetime. Let's just start with there are two different levels of registration uh, for on the sex offender list. Both of the registrations are from the end of your sentence, right? So whether you're sentenced yeah. to to prison or uh, probation, when you finish your full sentence, that's when the clock starts on your registration term. And there are two right, so, levels of registration terms. So if I'm understanding you correctly, if you're on probation, you know, for 10 years, you you will have to register for that 10 years. And then when you're off probation, then that starts the clock for however long else you need to be registered for, right? So if, it's an offense Correct. that just falls under a 10-year registration period, and you have a 10-year probation, you're going to be registering for 20 years total from the start of your probation. Yes, and very likely you're going to be doing some sex offender bond work right. uh, while you're on bond, right? Oh, I mean, you right, may not right, be doing, of course. you know, but that's, but, but actually on the registration, uh, yes, that is after you've been found guilty or adjudicated uh you will then do your registration requirements. Um, and, and these these change, they change all the time slightly, uh, but basically the tender registrations are things like bestiality. I don't know, I mean, what's the exclusion zone on that? You can't go to the farm, I don't wanna know. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, I it's, one, it's one I'm listed. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't have an Aggie joke right then. Well, it, yeah, yeah, I could, I could, but, but I didn't, I, you know. What yeah. you, well, thanks for keeping it classy. Uh, that's me uh, with a capital K. <laughs> <laughs> uh, indecent exposure with a second uh, violation. If you've been found guilty twice, um, online solicitation of a minor prostitution. Um, uh, there are some others, but those are the basic 10 year registration, right? Yeah. So you're going to finish your term and then still register for 10 years. Correct. Pretty much every other sex offender registration uh, piece, aggravated kidnapping with sexual intent, aggravated sexual assault, burglary with sexual intent, compelling prostitution with a victim under 18, Continuous sexual abuse, indecency with a child by contact, trafficking of persons, uh, 
possession of child pornography, uh, prohibited sexual conduct, which is a weird deal, but you'd have to look at sexual assault, sexual performance by a child. Yeah. It, it, we've talked about this before. The, these outside of capital murder, these are the, the worst offenses to try to, to try to, to try to work on because they are yeah. mentally taxing. They are juries at the word go just recoil. Like they've seen a snake. Um, uh, truly, you know, our, our clients are viewed at the word hello in a, in a courtroom with uh, just full contempt and disgust. And they yes. then come with these lifetime registrations. Um, now, it's interesting. Some of these are going to come also with basically, you know, you're, you're going to the pen uh, forever um, or close enough that you kind of go, really, is it going to be necessary for the rest of them, you know, forever? But um, so you're going to have to register. Uh, and the rules on this are difficult. Indeed, they are. Uh, they, they are onerous. And if you fail to follow the rule in registration, what happens, Mr. Harris? Uh, oh, that's a whole nother ball of wax. It's a, it's a criminal offense. Failure to maintain registration. Um, or I'm sorry, not failure to maintain, but just failure to register. Uh, as yeah, a same idea. Offender. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I was thinking failure to maintain registration being like a vehicle type deal, but whatever. Um, yeah. So in that, and those very easily can stack up uh, on you, right? So you can have multiple registration violations, and those are no joke. Those are no joke. Um, they're they're fair, fairly difficult to defend. Um, they, you know, a lot of times are the clients on those cases don't have any kind of documentation proving that they either did register and this is just something fell through the cracks, um, or you know they don't have any kind of uh, proof showing that they attempted to register or anything like that. So it can be right. very challenging to defend a case. Um, uh, I, I've had know. a few of them where it was as simple as they had some place to live. They they got out of the county jail. They went to an aunt's house where they were going to stay. And a few months in, their aunt, truly, this was the case I had. The aunt got upset that basically this guy's just crashing on the couch and not participating in trying to get a job. And so he kicks her out. Yeah. Or she kicks him out, right? And, right. and you can't blame her. Well, suddenly he's homeless and not where he's supposed to be. And he doesn't he doesn't tell the city, I'm no longer at that address, and he doesn't tell the city to which he moves to be homeless in the Metroplex. Those don't have to be far apart. Um, right. That this is where I'm residing. And you can be, let's be fair, you can be homeless and be on the registration. You have to be able to list where I normally stay, where I'm close, so they can come by and check. But you can be homeless and be on the registration list, um, and be registered and be and be okay, according to the registration. Yes. Um, but he didn't do either one, so he failed to notify that he left, and he failed to notify the city within seven days. You have seven days to let him know that you're there. Um, 
and to register and to to maintain that and to put your in its full name, date of birth, race, sex, height, weight, eye color, hair color, social security number, driver's license number, and shoe size. Wow, shoe size. What if you know didn't know your shoe size? Um, well, I, guess. I wonder why they say shoe size. Just to it's, it's way actually to in the list you? of. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Well, you know, I mean, if if like prints well, on I a guess crime scene or something. Um, I guess. Yeah, um, and I, I've it, had it, I've had clients that have uh, you know they've they've said like, well, hey, look, once I found a place. I went and tried to register, um, but you know, I I didn't, or they I registered at this place, but they never let the other the other you know county they left that they no longer lived there, and it's just like one of those things. Like I had a client who just kind of glossed over the fact that he is he was gone. He wasn't updating his registration for like a year. You know, you have to do it on a certain mm-hmm. day, right? It's like your the the your birth month. Is that right? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. A certain day that you have, and there's a little bit of a grace period on either side of it. But um, you know, he didn't register for quite some time, and when he found stable housing, he went to register, but they still, you know, charged him with that, you know, year long gap that he didn't register. So, um, right. you know, it can be very, very challenging, even when you're like trying to very talk onerous. with a client. Yeah, when you're trying to talk with a client, like this is why this is like why you're facing this charge and they're like but i am registered it's like yeah yes but there's this gap in registration and that's what they're concerned about or you're, so, you're doing this you know that you're you're often in this other place right i've had these as well um you're supposed yes. to be oh, here yeah. right but you're you're skating it by never spending more than three days out of town but you're always in this other place yeah. Right. Oh, like like you're registered to your parents' house, but you're always staying at your girlfriend's house or something. Right. Along those right. Lines but then you're you'll come home, you know. But I was home. They can't prove I, I you know, I moved. And you're like, minus that your boss said, well, he lives down the street. Right. And down the street is your girlfriend's house, not mom and dad's house. So people who you see every day think you live here. Right. Yeah, I've had that, issue. Where, you know, and they're like, right. And, and, and they're trying, they're trying to, to, to skate it. Um, and I understand. So, so other things that uh, you have what? to provide, right. Some uh-huh. of these are just incredible. So if, so if you don't have a residence, got to be a geographical location, which I mentioned, you can be homeless. You have to list every alias you have. You have to list any home work or cellular phone number you have. You have to, um, Complete set of fingerprints, uh, the type of offense. You got to make sure that the registration includes the type of offense for which you were convicted, the age of the victim, the date of conviction, the punishment received. Um, you have to include information as to where you're employed, if you're employed, the carrying on of vocations, um, uh, any online yeah. identifiers used by. So, in other words, your email address, your Facebook address, your Yahoo account, your, um, I, I guess my Apple ID. Because yeah, I can I mean, log I into, qualify. I, yeah. right. I mean, I, I'm just, you know, you start going every, what you end up, what, what I've ended up finding is the people that really do well on this. They, 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 they now have a flip phone. 
they have an old school, you know, nine yep. key phone. They don't have internet service on it. They might be able to send and receive a text message, but some of them are like, if you look at my text messages, they go to my wife and my probation officer and my registration officer. And truly the ones that do well, that's what it is. They, they, yes. Beyond that, they tell people, I don't have, I don't have a phone. Yep. I mean, it's they, like that they, the they, they are living in, in 1995 cellularly. Agreed. Yes. They've um, learned to live without social media. Cause that's just going to do nothing but get people on the, on the list in trouble. Um, right. Well, I might get others of us in trouble too, but we won't go into that now. Yeah. We're talking specifically people on the list. Um, right. but, but you, you know, also have to list. Yeah. I mean, Andy, the stuff you have to list, the make model, VIN number, color, and license plate of any vehicle owned by the person or used as their primary vehicle. Yeah. You know, um, just when you think that like, becomes prison and you've you've like served your you know paid your debt to society, um, you know it's it is rather ongoing. I mean, that, and that's that's one of the things like we've talked about quite a bit of times on uh, on the podcast is you know this is these are still citizens. I mean, like this is some of the most heinous offenses and you know that we can comprehend. Um, they're still citizens, right? And that's like how. Our, all of our rights start to get eroded as if we start with, you know, these these people um, who have been convicted of, you know, of, of these types of crimes. And, and trying to, I don't know, it's kind of complicated because I, I understand the need for public safety and, um, and all of that. But it's just, it does get kind of concerning just how, you know, invasive uh, these regulations can be. Well, I, I also get to how difficult it really is to do, right? In the last, you know, sure, this yeah. in the last year, right? Let's just go with innocent life, right? Sure. I sold a car because it was approaching 100,000 miles and I needed something a little more economical. Well, during, because of shortages, I traded in my car. I got a, a, um, a loaner, which I had for about two weeks. Then my new car came in. Now, if I'm having to get my license plate, how many times in the last month has my license plate changed? I went from one car to a loaner, then to the new car, which has temporary tags, and then to my car with real tags. Yeah. So technically, I've got to let them know every time that changes. Yes. Well, then, yes, indeed. Then, <laughs> about three weeks ago, my new six month old car that I was just beginning to love was decided to be met by a large impulsive <laughs> black Tahoe that came raining down upon it. And so now I'm in a new, I'm in a rental waiting yeah. for a new car. Yeah. Right? You're, and so you're, technically, uh, yeah. Right. And, and that, and thankfully none of those, you know, nobody was hurt. Th things are moving forward. But if I'm on the registry, that means I've got to change my make, model, VIN number, color of the vehicle I'm driving. I think every time, every time. Yes, sir. Well, absolutely. Think about just how stressful those things are without that extra piece. Yes. Okay. So 
I don't know that you would be wrapped up for failure to change your make and model of a car. I think you, I think most reasonable pro, you know, uh, registration offices would go, okay, so you didn't let us know about the loaner car. You let us know about the new car as soon as you got it. I, I think they would understand that. Yeah. But. Well, you're making an attempt, you know? Yes. Right. You're not trying I, to hide I agree with you. And that's. I, yes, I agree with you. Um, but if you don't let them know, hey, I've got a new car. I went from driving a pickup to driving a a a, a, a sedan. You're going to get in trouble. Why? Because they're no longer watching for the for the sedan. They're not looking for that vehicle um, to yeah. be in exclusion zones. So so that's just kind of the basics of what you have to do, and you have to do it within seven days upon release and any changes. Um, and if you don't, it's a third yeah. degree felony. And if, you know, like most of our clients, if they've been to the pen, uh, you know, that could be enhanced up. So it could, as, know, long as, mean, as long as the pre-cleaning, there has to be something besides the, the sex registration case for which they're having to register. Right. Yeah. But it, but it very easily keeps you trapped in this criminal justice system. Uh, it, this is one of those things. Um, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a little, it's a lot more severe, but it's like our, our clients who have their license suspended because they have a drug conviction and then they just keep getting popped for DWLIs, you know, like it just keeps you involved in the system. Um, but this is on a much worse scale. Yes. Right. So speaking of much worse, much worse, right? It gets much worse. If huh? you, it, it gets much worse. <laughs> if you've been sentenced to the penitentiary before your release, they have to do a sexual evaluation. A, um, and this is 62053. Before a person who is subject for registration of this chapter is due to be released from the penal institution, they shall do a risk assessment using the sex offender screening tool developed uh, uh, below. Why, why right, on so earth would they do that, Mr. Decker? Well, that becomes an interesting thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Because... If you don't do good enough, they'll let you out of the pen. Yeah, but but they may not. Suddenly, there are certain jobs like they have to notify. There are certain jobs you can't do. There are certain you know, like it can it can produce exclusion zone exclusion zones. It yeah. can produce uh, further warnings. But ultimately, it could produce a civil commitment. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Because I'm like, isn't this the one that says if it's bad enough, they can go for a civil commitment, uh, mm -hmm. which is just prolonged incarceration. Is that right? Well, no, no. According, according to the Texas Supreme Court, they upheld the constitutionality of the Texas civil commitment uh, in in uh, uh, commitment of Michael Fisher back in, in 2005. Uh, and they held that the act was civil in nature, not punitive, and was therefore constitutional. It is not a double jeopardy. It is not uh, punishment beyond wow. the range uh, of. And so if they think that you're naughty enough, you've served your time. You may have served it all day for day. And then they go, well, you're going to go now to instead of being you're not in prison. But you're going to live in a hospital. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And you can't leave. So it kind of feels Jeez. like prison. Can't, yeah, yep.
The difference um, is they have to they, they do have to be actually um the 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 sexual predator sexual violent predator is a repeat sexual violent offender that suffers from a behavioral abnormality that makes a person likely to engage in predatory acts of sexual violence so it's not someone who's on their first they've only been charged once so they're on their first count right so th there are some uh they may not have been eligible for a life term yeah right but uh, but yeah, they could they can be and, and then they have to be given treatment. That's the other piece. You have While to be convicted in, of more than one sexually violent offense and sentenced for at least one of those offenses. Convicted of a sexually violent offense, regardless of whether the sentence is imposed. Um, and then the point is, during the civil commitment, it is to rehabilitate the offender and protect some public safety. Um. Okay, so they must have some rehabilitation while they're being civilly committed. Is there is I'm get is the civil commitment kind of like how we understand a prison sentence? Is it all you know you're going to be civilly committed up to a certain amount of years, or is it does it you know indefinitely, or do you know how do you know the answer? Um. So it it, it can be forever. Basically, you have to be able to show you're no longer um, a sexually yeah. violent person. Um, so it, it it could be forever. Yeah. Uh, okay. And there are regularly suits, you know, saying, hey, I've been here for 10 years. I got out of prison five, you know, I, after doing five and I got civilly committed. I've been here for 10 years. Um, uh, I should be able to be released. But, you know, think about uh, basically you're, you're saying this person is so sick mentally, and I'm going to say sick as a colloquialism, right? Try not to, yes. try not to, um, uh, that they have such a mental illness, such a sexual deviancy that they're not safe to be in public. Sometimes we might say that that's almost like being criminally insane. Well, right. the prime example of that would be, uh, the person who shot, uh, president Reagan, I was in the third grade when that happened. Um, mm. And he wasn't released until 30 years later. Right. And yeah, he, he was, so he was, he was insane. His was, right? his was, was yes. right. His was insanity. Right. And they can kind of hold you for as long as they think that you might not be fully in the room. So they can hold <laughs> you as long as they feel and can and, and have some credibility to the claim that you are still so sexually deviant or predatory that you wouldn't be safe in society. Now, well, I don't know the, how high that burden is. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not, from what I remember, um, when I've looked at this code section, it's not really well defined. Is that right? Mm. And it's, it's also not, subject it's, it, to, uh, like, you, you still have a right, you know, to a jury trial on one of those. And it's and it's under the Texas Health and Safety Code, uh, Chapter uh, 841, for those of you playing along at home. You're not going to find it in the penal code. Right. But yes. it is one of those collateral consequences. Um, well, uh, so, yeah. And that's and the converse of that is, okay, so if you're rating high on that, um, then, you know, civil commitment is something that could be 
uh, possibility. If you're ranking in low post, on that, yeah. you know, and, and you're, you've, you know, done. And you're not a repeat offender. Not a repeat offender, and you're you know ranked low enough. Um, you know, at some point in time, there there is a mechanism to be removed from the sex offender list. It's complicated and long and drawn out, and I don't think we're right. going to get into it on this particular episode. But you know, so there is. It's like one extreme or the other. You know what I mean? So um, you 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 can, if you're on, you may be able to at some point in time in the distant future be removed from the list or the other very extreme of the spectrum is, you know, there's a chance that you could be for better or worse, uh, lack of a better term, you know, imprisoned, uh, confined for, for, you know, who knows how long. Right. For a civil commitment. So other things that, that become fun, right. We all know that a felon cannot possess a firearm. Same here. Mm -hmm. Um, you cannot vote. Registration does not impede your right to vote forever, but obviously you can't vote for as long as you are under sentence. Um, uh, so you can't register to vote. Oh, that's like any felon. Yeah. But unlike other felons, you have to renew your driver's license in person annually. That's one of those on your birthday kind of deals. And your driver's license on the face has a mark that makes it very obvious that you're a registered sex offender. Yeah. Ooh. I know. Primarily, I know. So just, right? Yeah. You know, the, 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 the purpose is to let law enforcement know, right? Now, thankfully, we don't write checks the way we used to. So, you know, Mr. Harith, you're, you're a young man compared to me and, um, you may not remember writing checks and having to hand a check and your driver's license to the to the clerk right at the store. So you're not doing that as much. Um, but even if you're off the the registry, or even if you're 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 past your probation and you can technically have alcohol, it's gonna cut down that you're you're going to the liquor store. Why? Because you've got to hand over that ID, you know, and you're like, I don't want people knowing I'm a sex offender. So I'm not going to hand over that ID. I'm not going to go, which is probably not a bad deal for someone who's in this kind of kind of hurt. But um, so you end up having to do that and ends up being on your driver's license. So if you ever go to the bank and they're like, hey, we need to see your ID, the, the yeah. sweet person at the who's just trying to give you cash is going, oh, okay. Mr. Decker. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that's the only real place I use my identification now is, um, is at the bank. Um, Well, that and at the jail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You do have to use it at the jail. That's true. Uh, Going to visit Um, clients. But a sex offender, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be a lawyer. You wouldn't be able to do the background checks to be an attorney. If you were on the sex offender list. Right. Yeah, so there. it precludes it precludes many licenses across the state. Right. Any license that basically could put you in the public uh presence, you cannot yeah. do. You can't be on a jury. You can't uh you may always have some exclusion zones, especially if it involves a child, but you can't go 
near schools. You can't go near McDonald's, parks, et cetera, especially while you're on probation and during uh, the, but you know, again, yeah. your driver's license, your driver's license is marked. Um, yes. Well, yeah. some others. You're, you're going to be re restricted uh, heavily. I mean, yeah, just think like even what you said about, just getting a state license, like people who cut your hair have to be licensed by the state. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, something as like major as, you know, being an engineer, uh, lawyer, doctor in the state of Texas, and then also, yeah, that ain't happening. you know, like what we would think is not like highly skilled or specialized, though my, my guys are very highly skilled, maybe not yours, but, um, but they have to be licensed by the state of Texas. Right. And basically, the, the the determination on uh, there is an authority to revoke, suspend, or deny a license, and these are these are not these are occupational licenses, not driver's license. They are under the Texas Occupation Code um, to see if this person. So anybody with an offense of murder, capital murder, indecency with a child, aggravated kidnapping, aggravated sexual assault, aggravated robbery, sexual assault, injury to a child, um, sexual performance of a child. Uh, they can say you cannot have, you will be denied the opportunity to even take it, an examination for the license. Right. Um, yes. And if you have one, it can be revoked and they can look at it, you know, they kind of go, well, you know, maybe, but I think the burden's going to end up being on you to get that license, not for them to, to they're not going to have to have a whole lot of proof if you've been convicted, if you're on the registry for them to go, no, you're not getting a license. And part of it is, I'm going to defend. I, I don't like it in terms for my clients, you know, especially ones that have made, you know, like we're going to go. They did something stupid, um, not they're necessarily predatory. Though I think there are some differences. We're not. I'm not going to try to get into defending that at this point. Um, but we can understand. We don't want someone cutting hair who has a proclivity to try to touch their people they're close to. Right. Right. No, I mean, yeah, right. you're right. That does that. I, I don't want someone coming to my house, working on the plumbing in the house. Who's known for possessing child pornography. If I have children who live in the home. And if you go into homes, you're eventually going to go into a home with a child. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Right. So just think like, you know, all of those. I mean, it really does restrict like what kind of job you can have. I mean, uh, cable, right. there, cable so, guys, so, Internet guys, stuff like that. Um, right. So there's a reason why you, you, you can't get a license because they're like the license right. in some sense gives public trust that you're a decent person and you know what you're doing. Right. Well, we're saying you're not a decent person, so you can't have the public trust to be licensed for these occupations in the state of Texas. Man, it's, um, it, it really is. Um, I don't know, like you said, it's just, it is probably one of the worst things that could happen to you. Right. Um, right. because it, you know, it constantly feels as if, you know, you are being set up for failure every step along the way. Just and as, for the rest just of your life, challenging. Yes, for the rest of your life, and just just as you know, purely just how challenging it is uh, to comply. 
Yeah, I've, so, I've had a few few clients who've decided to go to trial again. They have they were on the registry, but just the conditions and the the their inability to find work with the charge of a sexual assault, um, not adjudicated yet, not found guilty, and they're like, Mr. Decker, I I got nothing to lose. Right. I can't get a. They're like, I can't get a job just with the arrest, and and, and I'll tell them we, we've got it down to a credit time served on a lesser offense and. I've truly had a couple of them sit in my office and go, I can't get a job with the arrest record. Yeah. If I can't get the arrest er er erased, it doesn't make any difference. And, and, And I think that's something that DA sometimes really don't understand when they offer the lesser included thinking, well, I'll get it taken care of. Well, they do kind of know that that, that that's still going to be dangling out there. But they don't know that even without the registration, this stuff truly follows for life. And unlike a drug case that gets dismissed or, or lessened or even complete probation, you, the, the, our, our client can say in five years, give me a pee test. I'll pee today. I'll pee tomorrow. I'll pee every day for a week. I'll pee any time you want me to pee. It's going to be clean. Right. And you can prove yeah. whether you're using it or not. It's really hard to prove what's going through your head. Yeah. Yes. So, or, or disprove. And so it it does become very onerous on those clients. Um, The collateral consequences are onerous. And again, you, you, you don't do it right. You pick up a new offense. Um. It, just it's, like it's that, tough. it will not take long. Yeah, they won't give you too much leeway no. before you're seeing another another indictment come down your way. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So don't do that. And and this doesn't go through, right? That everyone who's on the offender list goes through a sexual uh, evaluation and psychological, uh, including polygraph tests often including uh having to admit the offense yes. having to uh completely abstain from uh lots of things that that are considered fairly normal um but any form of pornography uh any bar any bar doesn't have to be you know a, a sexually oriented bar club, right um uh yeah it, well, it's extremely no, difficult. I, I I don't want to have a basically a blood pressure cuff put on my genitalia to see if what they're telling me and showing me is arousing. Right. That's completely embarrassing. And I'm not charged with an offense. I'm not going to possible jail based on that. That's an onerous process. For someone who's who, who even if they're getting probation, they end up doing these things. They have to do these things as that part of that evaluation on what's your risk and how much are we going to have to do to work to make sure that you're safe and that everyone else is safe. So those things also are tough to swallow for clients to say, yeah, I'm willing to do that. They're like, you want me to what? Yeah. Yeah. They, they want a complete sexual history. They want, you know, and they're going to, and, and those are probation terms. Those are beyond what we were talking about. But those are all pieces that go into what would you really want to take a deal on a case like this if you 
didn't have to, or even if you felt like you had to, would you and would you not? And what does that mean? So uh, anyway, I, I digress. Yeah, I mean, it is, um, it, it's extremely difficult. Some of those, uh, you know, not, registration aside, the sex offender caseload on a probation case is um, extremely difficult. I mean, how many, we've had a number of our clients um, have a motion to revoke their probation filed simply because they wouldn't go in there and like admit fully to uh, to the offense. You know, they, they're right. in a group therapy setting and the, the it's time for them to talk about what happened and they're minimizing and they're making excuses or just saying, you know, Hey, my lawyer made me take this or whatever. And next thing you know, right. You know, motion to revoke. Yeah, so, suddenly cannot suddenly it's our fault. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Right. I mean, you know, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, our fault it, it's that, a, that, that you took a deal. These are extremely difficult cases, you know, and for a reason, you know, I mean, there's a lot at stake for, for, for both, both parties, for both sides. Yes. So, and, and, um, and, and we're, we're talking about only from the part of our clients. Um, uh, obviously persons who are survivors of sexual assault or sexual abuse, um, often go through years of, uh, shame, embarrassment, uh, guilt, uh, and then hopefully, yeah therapy and healing and, and recovery, right? So uh, it, it's One a can hope. The, the, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Both, side, both sides end up having to do a lot of work to be able to move forward. But our, our discussion was registration primarily and the onerous, onerous requirements of that and then collateral consequences of being found uh, to be a sex offender. So what, um, so, what else do you want to discuss? Oh man, that's enough. I'm I'm wore out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for carrying and the again, load on this, Andrew. I know you did a, a a bunch of research recently on this, just preparing for a case. Um, but you know, it's always good to you know these are these are the things that we deal with day in and day out that we're just trying to bring to our listeners. So this is another glimpse in, into our lives um, as defense attorneys. Well, and it's also a reminder of. Um, You've got to, at some level, you've got to read the codes. You've got to go in and read the codes, see what Sir, they yeah. say. Um, yeah. and, and then to go to those other codes and the other code. And what about this other code? What does it really mean? Because if you don't tell your guy that wants to take a deal, oh, you're going to lose your plumbing license, for example, or your electrical license or your barber license. Well, they think they're going to keep working. No, not in that. You're not. Yeah. Not you so. Know, you might be an apprentice. You might be a. You might be a handyman, but you're not going to be a licensed uh, tradesperson. Yeah. So those are those are collateral consequences that I think we probably have to let our clients know to be effective, or to not be ineffective as counsel. Exactly. So exactly. Well, Mr. Harris, first tell me, so, tell me something be... good. It's oh man, you know, um, something good. My my parents are in town, as I've as I've said. Um, we've been getting a lot of stuff done in my house, and I'm gonna treat them tonight to a to an improv comedy show in uh it's in Fort Worth. I think you know, I'm not gonna give them a uh a shout out because you know they don't pay for advertising, so 
Um, but I'm really excited about that. Going to grill out and just kind of take it easy today and, and really, you know, try to show my appreciation to him. What about you? What's going on this weekend for you? Uh, this weekend, it's Mother's Day. Uh, this this episode will come out just after that. And um, yeah. plan on seeing my mom. Uh, she's in a nursing home, but plan on seeing her this weekend and uh, remind yeah. her that uh, she is still uh, incredibly loved and important in, in our in our in my my life, my brother's lives, and in our kids' lives. So. Yeah, uh, that'll be good. That will be great. All right, man. man. Uh, and I know she's proud of you and the work that you do. And and um, and yeah, happy happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Andy, all you right. be safe. You be safe. I'll be all right. safe. So for, so for Andrew Harris, I'm Andrew Decker. And for Andrew Decker, I'm Andrew Harris. All right, y'all be good. <laughs> Hello.